Please listen carefully. Hey folks, Coach Chris here with CrossCon Radio. Uh, I thought I would make today a Q&A podcast. Um, so, I mean, the whole point of, of the podcast, honestly, is there's so much information that we want to talk about, but within the confines of an hour class, there's only so much that we can do. And, you know, we know that people are coming in primarily for the exercise, but so much about what we do here has to do with outside of the gym in terms of nutrition, uh, sleep, hydration, mobilization, etc. So a group of us at the box are doing the whole life challenge, uh, which is just kicked off and it's awesome because it keeps us accountable, uh, daily. And, uh, so I thought this podcast could basically be a way to get different questions answered. So on our private Kana Facebook group, um, I had posted a request for questions. So I'm just going to read through those and, uh, and answer them. So I didn't really prep answers. So we're going to take this um, as we go. So first question is from Mel. Breakfast. What do you do when you get sick of eggs? So eggs is uh, definitely the kind of classic paleo breakfast uh, item that people think about. Um, A lot of people when they come in to CrossFit may have been coming from a cereal uh, or pancake type breakfast and then they learn okay we want to be eating real food and eggs would be one of those um, pretty common items I think when you get sick of eggs you should actually be thinking in broader terms of you know why why do breast breakfast items have to be still in that traditional box of being breakfast you know we 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 can have breakfast for dinner right lots of you have probably had bacon and eggs for dinner, so why can't we have dinner for breakfast? Um, I, I don't see a problem, uh, and I encourage people to try having a lunch or a dinner meal, but for your first meal of the day at breakfast time. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, there's actually, if you're trying to you know hold on to your cognition in terms of being sharp, um, there's pretty good evidence that saying lower carb in the morning is good for you. And then as the day goes on, um, increasing those carbs, and especially if you're working out in the afternoon or night, to have the majority of your carbs surrounding your workout. So that's a whole other topic in terms of um, nutrient timing. But I would say, you know, why can't you have steak or steak and eggs if, if you're just looking for something to accompany the eggs? Um, ham, turkey, chicken, um, so some sort of meat, some sort of veggie, and, you know, call it a morning. So you don't have to have eggs, especially if you're sick of eggs, uh, but I guess I would challenge you to eat something other than traditional breakfast foods and be okay with that. So it might be the weird one in the office if you eat breakfast in the office, but so be it you'll be also be the best looking one, right? All right. Ron, proper weight belt placement. Well, 
Ron, I would say go back and listen to our equipment podcast episode because we talk about um, equipment and how to wear a weight belt. But basically, you want to have the belt, uh, obviously, around your waist, um, somewhere at or above your belly button. And more importantly, remember to breathe 360. So you have to breathe into the belt, but also to the sides and out back to your spine and not into your lungs. So when you are going for a lift, like a back squat or a deadlift, uh, the wrong thing to do is to cinch the belt as tight as it can go and then take a big breath into your lungs. What you need to do is tighten the belt down decent enough, but nothing too crazy and actually breathe into the belt because what the belt is doing is providing a structure for that intra-abdominal pressure to press against. So our spine is obviously in our back posterior uh, side of ourselves and that provides a structure, but the belt will help provide uh, a 360 structure for us to breathe into and create pressure and that will help us with our lifts. Um, so that's a really quick answer, but I would also say go back and listen to our equipment um, podcast episode. Uh, then Ron asks about alternating upper body days and then lower body days versus whole body days. Um, you know, I think if you have a particular goal in mind, then you're diving into the more traditional bodybuilding world. And that's that's kind of that traditional idea of alternating upper body, lower body days. But we do CrossFit right? And CrossFit is generally whole body. Now, it's constantly varied. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean random because random could mean that we have three days of the same exact movement in a row simply by chance. So we do vary our movements and we do change things up. Um, and so there will be a slight emphasis on certain movements uh, in certain body parts, but we want to be prepared for the unknown and unknowable in that and generally those things, running, lifting, moving our bodies through space, is going to be whole body. So um, no, we're not trying to alternate upper body, lower body on purpose, um, but we are trying to keep things varied enough that um, you're not completely sore and not able to even come in um, because of any soreness in particular body parts, if that makes sense. All right. And that's, that's why we do our programming and that's why we pay attention to that in programming so that you don't have to think about that. Uh, and then his last question is, or third question, five days of good eating and then cheat weekends or seven days of okay eating. And then I think there was another question similar to this um, from someone else. Um, looks like Deb might be asking... Oh, Deb is asking the same thing, but for working out. All right, so I'll address the eating first. So five days of good eating and then cheat weekends or seven days of okay eating. Hmm. I I would say neither. Uh, I would say six or seven days of pretty good eating and one or maybe two what you might consider cheat meals and generally those might fall on a weekend so and and this all depends on your goals right so if you're trying to change your body composition the more dramatic a body composition change you want the more strict you have to be so if you're trying to lean out if you're trying to lose body fat you don't get cheat days you don't get any 
cheat meals, cheat days, cheat weekends, because the point is you have this goal. And if your goal is to lean out, then you should do everything in your power to lean out in a smart way. And any sort of deviation from that means that's not actually your goal, right? So remember, actions speak louder than words. Uh, if, if your goal, if you're telling me that you want to lean out, but your actions show that you actually want to eat a whole pizza uh, that go against that goal, then really, if you're being honest with yourself, then your goal is to um, enjoy eating and eating the pizza. Um, and then a secondary goal, or at least a goal not as important as you may have said, is to lean out. Now, if it's maintenance, if it's just everyday life, then I like to go off, you know, kind of an 80-20 rule um, in terms of 80% being pretty on point and then 20% or probably even less, It's you know, day-to-day, it's probably more like 90-10 in terms of, um, you know, your cheat meals or whatnot. It, you know, in my, for most people, I think if you can control or if you can... Um, you know, buy good food, whole food, real food that grows and dies and eat that for most meals, then what that does is it allows you to go to those birthday parties or go out to eat with friends and not have to worry about that when you're in social situations. So um, there are some people who are of the philosophy that you should have one huge cheat meal um, or cheat day um, on weekends. Um, the, a lot of those folks are are kind of following the flexible dieting um, philosophy. Uh, Lyle McDonald wrote a, uh, a an ebook about all of this, and uh, he's the he's the basically one of the first ones to really put it in writing. Where all these other nutrition programs like WAG and RP and a lot of these other folks are basing their programs off of. Um, so if you're looking for like the source, I would look up Lyle McDonald um, in terms of for macro counting and flexible dieting. So he does suggest that one big cheat meal a week uh, would help reset with in terms of leptin levels and getting your body body's hormones to reset and everything. But my thinking is that most people are in social situations uh, that present themselves kind of naturally in terms of you know, not being so on point with eating. And so as long as you can control your grocery shopping and generally most meals throughout the week, then that allows for that flexibility, right? All right, moving on. Three best mobility exercises per day for a week, i.e. a seven-day routine. Um, Well, it's kind of hard to say depending on, because it depends on the person, right? So if someone has pretty good mobility in their lower body and like their hips and their legs, then they don't really need to do mobility exercises for their legs. Whereas someone who is tight in their hips should be doing mobility exercises. I would say the big, the two big target areas are probably the shoulders and the hips. Those are the two areas that we see um, kind of the tightest or, or usually problem areas for most people. So I would kind of play around with um, you know, I would look up Kelly Starrett and Mobility Wad. Uh, you could look up Ramwad. You could look up uh, Gymnastic Bodies. 
I think it all works. I think the biggest thing with mobility exercises is to actually do them. So, and I'm guilty of this too. I need to work on my upper um, thoracic spine, so my my T spine mobility, and it's something that I just need to do every day. And there's really no secret. Uh, the secret is to just do it every day and to do it for a year. Um, so you might see some ch- mobility change uh, short term, like within the 20 minutes that you're doing mobility. But then, as you guys know, it, it kind of goes away. To create lasting change, we need to be doing mobility for 200 plus days because our connective tissue, ligaments, tendons, etc., regenerate and kind of replace themselves every about 200 days. Unlike muscle, which takes much shorter than that, um, a week to 10 days. Don't quote me on that, but I think it's about a week to 10 days. Um, I The connective tissue takes much, much longer. So it's frustrating and it's, uh, it takes a ton of patience. And a lot of people skip around with mobility exercises or they don't do them and they you know are are on the wagon and off the wagon. But the, the biggest trick is not to find the best exercise or mobility um, stretch. It's really just to do something and to do it consistently. Um, and that's something that I'm, I'm trying to focus on for this, for the whole life challenge that we're doing um, because that's something that I need to work on as well. All right, uh, Mike S says, uh, biggest lesson you've learned in 10 years of experience. Uh, I'm actually gonna save that for a blog post because coming up at the end of January will be my uh, 10 year anniversary of starting CrossFit. So I plan on doing a blog post about lessons learned um, and I'm gonna save that for a blog post because I think better writing and uh, get my thoughts out better writing versus rambling on a podcast like now. His second question is, if you could build a ground-up athlete, where would you start? So, man, this is such a cool question. Um, I was really pumped when I saw this because it's, it's, a, it's a pretty cool question as a coach. So if I had to build up a ground-up, an athlete from the ground-up, if I, if I had all the pliability and the, you know, let's say we had a, um, a preteen who is looking to be athletic, and we could say for CrossFit, we could say for really any sport, um, there's a couple things that I would do. I would definitely maintain their mobility because as kids uh, or kids have good mobility, you know, we, you know, my two and a half year old can squat down to the ground, no problem and play with toys all day. And what happens is we get into school and we sit in desks for eight hours a day and our hips get tight and our shoulders get rounded over. And as adults, we have just terrible mobility. So I would definitely have them do basic CrossFit, classic CrossFit, um, squat, deadlift, clean, snatch, uh, overhead squat, pull-ups, push-ups, dips, rope climbs. Uh, I would do everything. I would have them do classic CrossFit. Um, And then depending on their goals, I would, you know, we would kind of address their, their specifics sport. Um, so if it's CrossFit, there's going to be strengths and weaknesses. And so we would need to work on the weaknesses um, to get them better at the sport of CrossFit. If they're playing an actual sport, they would obviously need to play that sport. Um, but I would not have them do that sport year round. 
I would have them do two or three sports uh, because it's there's pretty good evidence that the top athletes in whatever sport it is um, grew up playing they were multi-sport athletes that they did not only play football or they did not you know only play uh, baseball year-round so it would kind of depend on what sport they wanted to play um, but mobility it would be the number one um, thing that I would want to maintain and and focus on first because if someone can get in a good position I can get them stronger simply with a, a progressive overloading of weight um, but we see a ton of adults come in here with uh, mobility issues which relates back to the last question and also things related to nutrition so and I've made this comment before to our members but if we really were doing what was best for most people, we would actually make our hour-long class 40 minutes of mobility or an hour of mobility. And while we're doing mobility, we're talking about nutrition and we're making sure people are, are eating right. Um, and then every so often throwing in a Mekon to uh, have them breathe hard. So, uh, at, you know, that theoretical hierarchy of of an athlete at the base level there's nutrition and i would also put in sleep um and there's metabolic conditioning there's flexibility all of those things we would need to focus on so building a ground up athlete i would focus on mobility i would focus on nutrition and i would focus on sleep and then layering on top of that would be the um the training piece of it but the training is actually relatively easy compared to having them adhere to the the basics so cool question uh we could probably do a whole podcast just on that but um that's that's where i would start all right uh mike l says when should you start using pre-workout slash other supplements which ones and for who oh boy all right so this could be a whole other podcast but um Let's talk about, let's actually start with other supplements. Um, in general, supplements should be exactly what they say, supplements. Um, they should supplement your diet. And your diet, as we talked about earlier, should consist of real food, mostly real food. Um, meat, veggies, some fruit, little starch, no sugar. That's um, the general some, and some nuts and seeds, right? That's the, the general CrossFit recommendation. Meat, veggies, some fruit, little starch, no sugar, um, and some nuts and seeds. When we're looking at people's diets, if they have all of that in order, in the Northeast, people uh, generally need some vitamin D. So the sun exposure is ideal, but um, because of the winter, it's not always the most convenient. So I think most people can get by on having some vitamin D supplementation, vitamin D3. The amount is really going to be dependent on uh, who you are and, um, and, and how you're feeling. So I'm not going to make any recommendations on that. Um, I will say that I found a, a vitamin D supplement on Amazon called Viva Naturals. Um, and it's 5,000 IU. So there's the, the – and they're um, – these little pills that come mixed with vitamin D3 and coconut oil. Um, and I will 
have about five of those. So I'm taking about 25,000 IU, which some people would think is a lot, but I, I find that I respond better to more vitamin D um, and, and I need that. So um, most people can get away with just one of those, um, but I find I need a bigger dose. Other supplements would be fish oil. Most people can get uh, get by with having a little bit of fish oil in their life. Typically, uh, people are not eating the amount of fish that cold water fish that they need to get the vi- vi- or the uh, omega threes. Um, and if you're eating a standard American diet, then that means you're getting a, a lot of omega sixes, which are inflammatory really cool when you get cut and your blood needs a clot and you know it becomes inflamed in order to stop the bleeding um, inflammation is not cool when your diet consists of a lot of omega-6s um, and this can come from lots of different places but um, seed oils so if you're having fried foods and that are fried in sunflower oil canola oil um, there's a lot of omega-6s in there um, and so we need to balance that with omega threes. So, omega three supplementation is generally a, a, another recommendation. Um, omega three and, and vitamin D. In terms of pre workout, that's going to depend on how you are a responder to stimulants. So, pre workout generally is going to be a stimulant of some sort, usually has some sort of caffeine in it. Um, it could have a number of other things like beta alanine and uh, the idea is that the pre-workout gets you amped up to uh, perform better while working out. Now, not everyone should be doing this. Um, if you know that you're not a great responder to caffeine, if you are already someone who is um, keyed up uh, when you're coming into a workout and, and you're already amped up because you're either nervous or excited, um, then you, chances are you don't need pre-workout. Um, if you find that you're lower energy um, and not because you're tired, right? So if, if it's a matter of sleep and you need more sleep, that's a whole other question, right? Don't use pre-workout or, or caffeine or any other or other stimulants just to m- mitigate the effects of um, less sleep if you if you know your habits are such that you should and can be getting more sleep. Um, But pre-workout in the sense of, you know, half a cup of coffee, so 100 milligrams of caffeine before a workout could be a great way to um, push a little bit harder um, and, and perform better in the workout, lift more weight, um, you know, go longer in a workout. Plenty of studies have been done to show that caffeine um, can benefit workouts, but it really depends on what your goals are, right? So, and it also depends on how you respond. So if you're going to take a pre-workout and you're working out at night and then you're going to be up all night, then it's really not worth taking that pre-workout. In terms of brands, I mean, there's a ton out there. Um, I mean, I use a pre-workout from Stronger, Faster, Healthier called Push. Um, If you guys are members of the box, then I have um, single samples, single um, servings that you can try if you're interested. And we can talk more about you as an individual, whether or not you should even think about it. Um, so, you know, it, it really depends on the individual. I know people who should absolutely never take 
pre-workout because they're already, you know, excited to get into class and they're already, you know, in a place where they don't need a, a higher heart rate and they, they're already good to go. And then I know other people where it can definitely be appropriate. Um, and it doesn't have to be every workout either, right? If we're going for a one rep max back squat and you feel like that pre-workout is going to help you get a bigger back squat and you are going to be fine afterwards, then go for it. But it's a, it's definitely a case-by-case basis and something you should play around with if you're interested in it. All right, uh, Sarah, how many pairs of workout pants are is too many? Asking for a friend. Well, I think we can all agree that there's no such number as too many workout pants. Workout pants are life, so we'll just keep it at that. Um, but seriously, what are your favorite nutrition hacks? What or who inspires you as a coach? Oh boy, okay, so lots of good questions here. What are your favorite nutrition hacks? Hmm. I might have to come back to that one, but um, I think my favorite hack in general is just to keep things simple. Uh, I think people overcomplicate things. They look for these crazy recipes and they look for, um, you know, new things. I think when you look at people who have their nutrition dialed in, they're typically eating the same thing day after day. And, um, you know, I think variety is is good. It's cool. It's It's, you know, obviously needed in some cases. And... Uh, people enjoy variety, but um, I think sometimes too people can get too overwhelmed with trying to have a different meal every time, all the day, all day. So, um, hmm, I'll, I might come back to that one, but that's that's my initial answer. That and um, also just surrounding your workout with your carbs in terms of car- in terms of timing nutrients. Um, I think there's pretty good evidence to. Um, have the majority or half or the majority of your carbs surrounding your workout, I think is a, a pretty good idea for most people. Uh, what or who inspires you as a coach? Uh, kind of corny, but I mean, the, the members, you, the members do. Um, I don't, I don't do this. I don't wake up at 430 most mornings uh, for myself. I do it because I'm excited to come in and help you guys. Um, it's a helping profession. You know, this this isn't a place where people make a ton of money. It's not a place where there's that much glory. Um, people don't really get famous from this. Um, so it's not really for any of those reasons. Um, there's, there's plenty of people out there who inspire certain things about coaching in terms of... Um, the technicians out there, the um, instructors who actually coach coaches, uh, the online personalities that are famous who who might inspire a certain aspect of it. But um, when it comes down to the bottom line, it's really the the members um, and the interactions we have as a group. So, I mean, I'm an extrovert, so I really enjoy being around people. And so being around you guys is is why I do what I do. So... Uh, now there's dust in my eyes. It's, it's really dusty here. What's your hype track and when do you use it? Etc. Uh, or example, Big Metcon or 1RM. Hmm. The hype track kind of changes, but um, I really like stuff from Rise Against. I think that's it's really good tempo music and, uh, you know, it's kind of 
it's a little more hardcore rock, but it's not so crazy that it's like a headbanging um, death metal type music. Um, so yeah, Rise Against, basically anything by Rise Against. What games athlete would you want to coach? Well, believe it or not, I have coached a games athlete. I didn't even realize it at the time. Uh, Jordan Troyan, who owns CrossFit Rage, uh, came into CrossFit King of Prussia uh, for an intro and fundamentals, and I actually coached him through that. Now, I didn't realize it at the time, and he only stayed for a few months, and then I think he went and opened up his own place pretty soon after that. But he had been a... Um, a high-level collegiate swimmer and then obviously got into CrossFit and ended up at the CrossFit Games for a number of years. Uh, and then even when he was at the Games, I didn't realize it, but um, I was shooting a wedding uh, for photography and the groom was a, uh, is a CrossFit coach and uh, Jordan was there at the wedding and the groom introduced us and uh, you know I had known of him because he had been to the CrossFit Games, but Jordan said to me that I had coached him for his fundamentals when he started CrossFit. So technically, I have coached a CrossFit Games athlete. What would you program for the Open? Hmm. So the CrossFit Open is coming up. What would I program for the Open? I would... I would program... pretty pretty similar to how we, we do at the box. Um... I mean, classic CrossFit because pretty much if you can, you know, have five enough varied workouts, they would be, um, you know, obviously varied enough to, to test athletes uh, and see how they fall. And generally, the, the cream always rises to the top. So the best athletes will do the best at any task given to them. Um, if I did have control of the open, I would... F- I would want a way to have like a longer run in there because running I think is a big is a big piece of fitness that is lost in the open simply from logistics. So if there is a way to have running uh, in there, it, I think it would help test some uh, people who get away with not running in the open. Um, and then I would also work in higher skill movements that get saved traditionally for regionals and that might just be my own bias of um, wanting some of the the higher skill stuff Um, like I would throw in ring handstand push-ups just to see who could do them Um, which would might be a little mean but we'll have a scaled version of it Favorite move, least favorite move. Uh, least favorite move is definitely anything with overhead squats or snatches because I need to work on my mobility, but it has gotten better over the years. Still plenty of room for improvement. Uh, favorite move? Uh, squat cleans, I think, are pretty cool. Heavy squat cleans because uh, it takes um, a good amount of technical proficiency, but you also need some, some just raw strength to get up out of the hole from a squat clean. So those are cool, especially in Metcons. Mike Hack, uh, why do people sometimes puke while working out? Well, Mike, um, I know this question comes from you almost puking, but you didn't. It it can kind of depend, but generally when you're working out, especially at high intensity, the, you know, the priority for your 
your uh, nervous system and your uh, for the blood running through your body is going to go towards your muscles and away from things like your stomach. Um, and so this is the whole uh, sympathetic, parasympathetic um, systems working against each other or, uh, you know, one or the other. So the priority is going to be your muscles. And if there's anything in your stomach, like a big meal, then your body doesn't want it in there because it's it's surviving. It's, it's trying to it's thinking it's in, you know, uh, an emergency situation, uh, fight or flight. Right. So it's going to try to evacuate anything that's in your stomach. So we don't recommend eating a big meal before a workout. If you are going to have a regular meal, it's got to it should be at least an hour. I like even two hours before a workout. Now, if you are hungry and you're or you're hangry and you're coming to our workout, I think having a small piece of fruit or something like that is totally reasonable. And, and some people do better by eating, you know, something before a workout, but it definitely shouldn't be a large meal. So that's that's a very general answer. There are, you know, more specific mechanisms going on depending on what the workout is could be um, something that's related to lactate threshold, which is, you know, that burn you feel in your muscles. Um, And if you are newer to training, your lactate threshold might not be that high. So literally your muscles just can't take it anymore. Uh, And so your body, again, wants to evacuate anything um, in it. But in general, uh, it has to, you know, hydration and uh, and eating uh, are the two main factors. Uh, Lamb, in terms of food and supplements, what are the do's and do nots for before and after workouts? Uh, So I talked a little bit about the pre-workout supplements and the the stimulants. And then I I kind of answered the the after the workout. But I think having your carbs in terms of um, some sort of powder, like like I have a sweet potato powder, um, in terms of having a meal when you go home, having a meal with sweet potatoes, squash, um, potatoes, even though you know technically they're not paleo, I think white potatoes are fine for most people. Uh, I think all of that can be good. Now, again, it depends on your goals. So if you are looking to lean out, I don't think you really need to eat much in terms of having like a protein shake or anything like that. I think you just need to go and have a regular meal um, because your body hopefully will turn to your own body fat for that fuel uh, to burn. And then once you're at a level of leanness that you like, we want to maintain that muscle mass. So before a workout, I would have some BCAAs. BCAA stands for branch chain amino acids. I would have somewhere between five and 10 grams and there's plenty of different flavors out there. Uh, if you can stand the, um, the plain, just unflavored BCAAs, that's going to be the most pure and kind of like most quote unquote paleo friendly. Um, but if, if you're not, because it can, it can taste pretty awful. Um, some of the, there's some flavored ones out there that are, decent and lower sugar. So BCAAs before a workout, um, those are technically not a pre-workout with a stimulant in them. So anybody could take BCAAs. And then after a workout, it's going to depend on whether you want to lean out or not. So if you want to lean out, you don't need really anything. Just go have a regular meal. If you're 
trying to maintain or mass gain, then I would have some sort of um, carbohydrate supplement uh, and or uh, a carb heavy meal or heavier than normal because our muscles are craving glycogen. Glycogen is basically sugar for your muscles. And if we can provide them good sugars from real food, then um, then that could replace that glycogen and, and keep our muscle mass, basically. So really simplified version of, of, of the science behind it, but um, that's the idea. All right, moving on. What causes, Deb, what causes that nervous pee before a workout and do you ever get over them? Well, I'm not really sure what causes the nervousness, but uh, women should not really be uh, peeing. Uh, so the technical term would be urinary incontinence. I would say the best thing to do is to go back and listen to the Birth Fit podcast I did with Lindsay Matthews, Dr. Lindsay Matthews, who started BirthFit. Uh, she's a chiropractor, and basically there are drills and exercises that you can do um, to to basically um, prevent the urinary incontinence, the peeing yourself. So we have a, a discussion about that in that podcast. Uh, you can also look her up and look up um, that topic in Google, but basically it is preventable. Um, so yeah, like once you have kids, it's more likely, um, even if you don't have kids, it's, it's likely, especially if there's like double unders in a workout for women, uh, it's just something that, you know, if, if you Google it, um, and then really what you should look for is a, um, a PT who kind of specializes in pelvic floor and uh, they would have some really good exercises in, in terms of strengthening that pelvic floor. So, again, that could be a whole other podcast. All right, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do just a couple more, and then we'll um, call it and we'll keep these questions for uh, another podcast because we're going on forty minutes. How often? Should you take a rest day, a rest week? If you're going to take two days off in a week, should you split them up or have them back-to-back, i.e. work out Monday through Friday and take off Saturday, Sunday, or work out Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, and off Wednesday and Saturday? Yeah, good question. So this, for for most people, I would actually say do whatever works best for you and your lifestyle. So if you have kids, if you have a job where you need to be there for certain days, um, you just got to do the best you can, right? Um, now, CrossFit's prescription is three days on, one day off. So three days on, one day off. The problem with that is that it creates this imbalance in terms of what days you're going to the gym and what you're not. So if you have the flexibility, three days on, one day off could be a really good schedule. But a lot of people, especially our members, don't have that flexibility. You know, their parents, they have jobs that keep them on a certain schedule, they're traveling. So really, most people really should just do whatever works for them in terms of um, getting here. Oftentimes, it's harder to get here than it is to make a choice in terms of what rest day you're going to take. So if you do have the freedom, I like the 
the rest days to be split up. So in in Deb, your example, I would say the uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday on and off the Wednesday and Saturday. I would I would prefer that over having two days off in a row. Um, not that two days off in a row is necessarily bad, but working out five days in a row could mean lower intensity workouts overall, especially that Thursday and Friday. Um, so the Monday, Tuesday, you come in off two days rest, you're feeling really good, you're killing it. And then by Wednesday, you're you know kind of lagging a little bit because it's your third day in a row. By that Thursday and Friday, it, you know your intensity might not be anywhere near what it could be if you had a rest day built in there. So uh, I would prefer the rest days to be split up if if you have a choice. Uh, you have ten minutes to spend in the gym after the workout every day. You want to get stronger. What do you recommend doing? What is the biggest bang for your time? Well. You know, it, it kind of depends on what you want to get stronger with. Do you want to get stronger with pull-ups? Do you want to get stronger with squats? Do you want to get stronger with deadlifts? Do you want to get stronger with um, Hanson walks? Like, what what exactly is it that you want to get stronger on? Um, Ten minutes after the workout every day that you can work on something. For a lot of people, it should be mobility. Uh, it should be stretching, mobilizing preventing yourself from getting super tight after a workout. Um, I do think for a lot of women doing some sort of uh, pull-up work, either ring rows or uh, banded strict pull-ups or negatives could be really good because a lot of women are lacking the upper body strength for those pull-ups and that can help a lot of things in the long run. Um, You know, I don't think 10 minutes after a class is time to load up a barbell and do five by five back squats because number one you don't have the time and number two we build those strength exercises into our daily wads um and you know squatting heavy deadlifting heavy is super cool and and it's fun but you know does it get you better at other well i want to say i don't want to say it does get you better at other stuff but you know when again we want to remind ourselves of that theoretical hierarchy of a CrossFit athlete and at the bottom it's nutrition but then above that it's metabolic conditioning so most people should be able to walk upstairs without breathing hard Um, you should be able to run somewhere and not be so out of breath that you need to rest for 20 minutes Um, so it's a metabolic conditioning that most people need to work on And then it's also going to be things related to mobility. So better positions, better technique, um, better form. That's all going to be related to body awareness and and mobility. So I kind of mentioned that in the beginning of the podcast, but I would work on on mobility. Uh, Because also as we get older, we get tighter. Uh, Things are, positions are harder to get into. So to stave all of that off. I would work on mobility. All right, I'm going to call it there. There are a bunch of other questions, but um, I think we've got along enough for this episode. Keep the questions coming. Um, you can either email us at info at You could comment on any of our Facebook posts. And if you're um, a member of Cross Akana, you can 
go to our private page and find the thread asking for podcast questions. So really awesome questions. Like it a lot. Um, we cover it a lot. Uh, and if you have follow-up questions, feel free to submit them and we will get to them when we can. All right. Thanks guys. Hey folks. Thanks again for listening to cross Econa radio. If you like what you heard, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review, which helps us get found on the interwebs. Also, head over to social media, find us on Facebook and Instagram at CrossFitKana, K-A-N-N-A. And if you have any questions for the podcast, email us at info at CrossFitKana.com. Thanks and have a great day.